Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Rugby Bits podcast. I have been lucky enough to take the reins today. Um, Tyler's unfortunately stuck at work, but that leaves just Cooks and I to cause as much shit as possible. Cooks, how are you, my man? <laughs> that sounds good. Um, Jared, we couldn't get old Jared's agent this week, so um, so we got, unfortunately it's just... <laughs> Just us two. And then I think Tyler also probably signed with the same management company because now Tyler's also got an all full on Diva and us and um um there's just now stuck at work for Daniel Dimas is working hard tonight. But um all good, Shocky. <laughs> very good weekend. Think, very good weekend of rugby. Um Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I was only yeah, just a bit bummed about the about the Sevens lads. Um they and granted they did fess up and just said they really didn't have a good tournament, but Sevens boys aside, Anton Dupont, eh? Yeah, the, the, the Anton Dupont show. I, I didn't like him playing in the in, in the in, in the full on tights. It felt very, <laughs> very club rugby Tuesday middle of winter sort of vibes. I didn't like that. I didn't like it, Chucky. It did, and with number what twenty five on his back, that was weird. Yeah, I was like, what, 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 like see, I, I, I didn't watch much sevens. Obviously, I just breathed through it. Was he, in the, was he reserved the whole time? Like, where was number 25 come from? It's not, it's not football where you just pick your number. We just like... Yes, it is now. Sevens, yeah, sevens, sevens have done that now. You are allowed to pick your number. So essentially what happened is someone must have picked nine for the season and you can't change it. So imagine the daggers that they're getting from AD at the moment. Um, but yeah, you can pick your number. So that's his number for the rest of the tournament. Uh, so you can pick any season, number. Like, you don't have to look, be yeah. like, okay, there's 16 squad numbers, maybe one to 16. No, uh, like I think it's anything ninety nine and below. Oh, hectic! I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's... I don't, oh, I don't like it. Just... Honestly, I, no, you see, I think it's so uh, weird seeing someone running around with like number forty two on their back. It's yeah, weird. you see, I agree with you because I saw the twenty five and I thought, like, I'm like, is he benching? I'm like, how many guys are in the squad? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it used to be simple. There used to be twelve in the squad, and number thirteen was a was a, a playing reserve. I, yeah, I, I quite like think... that. I mean, maybe I'm just old. No, I think no. I'm all for like you know, you know, sports changing. You know, you know, Test cricket's got numbers on their back and and surnames, all that. Um, I, I I I do also enjoy the Test teams with numbers and the surnames at the back. I do like that as well. I've, I've, but mm. I do think when you start like for example sevens, it was fine with you know one to twelve, but then you sort of move away from any number can be any position. That's fine. But now you start bringing like twenty five and. Things like that. Now that numbers don't make sense, and a big part of explaining rugby to people is the yes. numbers. Fortunately, so now, it's only sevens. Imagine, imagine this happened in fifteens. What a shit show it would be. Because you said prop number ninety-nine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's interesting. <laughs> okay, you can be number twenty-five, but you must not just wear the, the long tight. I'm like, I'm like, oh, come on now. I know. He's. Um, it looks like hoops is going to play in LA. Um, this weekend coming, so because I know Hoop has been been with the Seven Squad, so he'll play in LA. So we could have Hoop and Dupont. It's two. That'd be good. I think two World Player of the Year winners, eh? No, I think no, I think Hooper's been nominated. I don't think he's ever won. It's, it's hard to win when you. It's hard to win when, when you Australia. are the best player of a team winning two tests a year. Shame. Hoops. <laughs> That'd be good fun. I must say, Dupont. Hundred games oh. straight. <laughs> yeah, shame. Do feel bad, and then and then and then have a decent side. Eddie Jones kicks him to the curb. Um, yo, but um, yo. I must say the Dupont thing is. Um, was, I mean, so from the clips and the highlights, I mean, it was impossible not to see a Dupont highlight this weekend. Chuck, he's just a fucking good rugby player. Now he's got even more space. There were times 
I mean, like I said, sevens is difficult, you know, and I think in sevens, is, it's, in sevens is one of those sports where if you have a flaw in your game, defensively attacking one, it's going to get exposed because of it's basically 1v1, one mistake. And those tell DuPont is just doing DuPont things, and you're like, now he's got even more space to do those things. Oh, Jesus, like, he's, 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 I was sitting there, I'm like, man, this looks so good at rugby. Just so good. It's ridiculous. And, 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 and I do think, I think someone like Kim can, I think playing at nine is a position he can adapt to taking the time. I think, I think he'll be good. I, I, I think he's someone like Hooper as well. You know, and I'm glad that it's, you know, like I said, like France or South like Australia. Because remember the first Olympics where like, it was a multi, a, a, a massive group of 15s going. Like, I mean, the Blitzball, like Jean Dion was there. And then it was, you know, we, we brought back Hanko, we brought back like, Cabana and Gaza. And like, for, like, I like it when you bring back, I like when the plus and the guys actually play with the Blitzball with the guys who played before, like the Ruanels and Atlas. Those are the guys I have to bring back. But like, it is great when you bring like, a genuine superstar in like, to Pond. I think, I was thinking the other day, Shoki, like when I was watching, like listening to highlights, like who do you think could also walk into a seven setup now in 15s and do well? I think someone like Dame McKenzie would be so good at sevens. Do you want fun of Maver? <coughs> cough, cough. Oh, jeez. Flip it home. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly don't, I honestly don't. I don't think don't you'd be excellent it. at it straight off the bat, but Flippy would be good. <laughs> you see. It'd just be fun to sort of throw. But does Scotland have their own team or, 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 or live to play with Great Britain? Great Britain. Oh, and so that's nice, probably nice, why he isn't playing. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's the, that's the big reason why he's not playing with the English, <laughs> English teammates. But I'd love to see like, like Danny McKenzie there. I'm, I'm a flipping 18-year-old Rico Ioana playing sevens. And he was absolutely sensational. But like someone yeah. like Ardy. Like someone like Ardy. Someone like Ardy. that with like... I was thinking Sia Khaleesi, just because he does so much, especially in the trams, but that game might even be a bit too much for him. But, I mean, I can't believe I said that. I'm trying to think <laughs> now. I think, I think, um, oh, shit, man. Who was the, oh, someone scored an absolute blind this weekend, eighth man. Could have Wait, been, no. I can't remember. It was, sorry? Oh, sorry. Oh, 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 it was in, it was in Super Rugby. In Super Rugby. Oh, yes, the, 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 the Brummies eight, or the, the, the chip and chase. Oh, that guy yeah, can play sevens. In fact, try. I actually think he has. I think he has. So that's a bit well, of a cheap one. I was going to say, Shock, you can't say, the, you can't say the, anyone in the, in the box side. You can't be like, okay, ooh, I think Kobe would be good or Aaron Seven because they came from seven. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the problem. Um, <laughs> all, they all come, like, what about, sevens. What about, um, I'll tell you who'd be a good shot. Ryan Baird for, Australia, uh, for Ireland. He, oh, yeah. he's quick. He's really, he is, yeah, I think he, he's a bit too tall, he's, but he's flipping he rapid. Rapid. Um, I'm trying to think now who else we've got here. I'm actually just having a look at the Six Nations lineups quickly just to see. Um, ben Earl could definitely play. Definitely. Um, I think Henry Slade might be pretty decent just because of his playmaker vibes. Um, yeah. Just worry about him defensively if he struggles in 15s already. <laughs> yeah, no, and then no, no, I suppose Carl no. Stein, Stein doesn't count because he played sevens already. Eh? Yeah, he's, he's, he's played sevens already. I think Cam Redpath would be good fun there. Yeah, yeah. I think you Jones. What we Hugh do, Jones. Maybe, oh, he would rip it up. Hugh Jones is uh, rumored to go to Montpellier next year. Yeah, I saw that. Or it's, it's, due to sign for them. Whew, so yeah, that's a good. It's a good pickup for well, Montpellier. Cooks, yeah, what an awesome little build-up. Now that we're talking about Great Britain and the Sevens players that they could possibly have 
uh, on the seven series, let's jump into the Six Nations. I think probably the easiest game to talk about because there's a hell of a lot of shit happening in the other games is Ireland-Wales. Um, Ireland run out 31-7 winners. Uh, I thought Wales probably, probably were worth more than seven points. I thought they could have had another shot. Um, but yo, the Ireland machine just going through the motions. If anyone deserves uh, an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor, I think Peter Mahoney deserves it for holding up um, uh, and, uh, Andrew Porter's arm the whole entire time he scrummed. <laughs> yeah, he definitely <laughs> does. He definitely does. But um, I think I think Ireland is in that, you know, when you watch the game, um, it was one of those games where, like, you're all right, it sort of goes through the motions and you just, like, it, like, there's never a time where Ireland looked like they were not in control. I mean, Wales had a few sports here and there, but, like, it, it kind of felt like Ireland could score when they needed to. They, the, 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 I think Ireland, they, they flip in... The big plus for them is shocking. I'm sure you've noticed now is the big change in their line out since the World Cup. I mean, the, that was the Achilles heel. Now the line's been functioning so well and now they're driving mm. more and has been flipping ex- exceptional. I mean, um, I, th- I, yeah, I thought they were very good again. Again, with like, it's, 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 like you said, it's a well-oiled machine. They have different ways to win. Um, but the funny thing is, shocking with, uh, with Ireland, I, f- I found myself thinking big picture with them. You know, because there's not much happening in the games. So I was like thinking big picture, and I kept looking at their team. This is going to sound controversial. It might be controversial. I would rather be, let's say, by the Six Nations. Say, I would still rather be where France is now when, in, in Ireland. Because where? I was looking at Ireland. Like, the mess that France is in at the moment, obviously, but like, I still get Dupont coming back. I get Jalibé coming back. I get. I get Tamar coming back. I get my, my, I get us finding form again. Whereas Ireland, I'm like, wh- where do you go from here? Because the problem is, they still have a, a bunch of thirty. They still have an old team, and especially especially the pack. I'm like, Oof. some guys aren't. Some of these guys aren't going to the next World Cup. And you look at something like a Porter. Then if Porter comes up, then you have like, like you're tired for these. They still have Ken Healy. I was like, oh, Jesus, this squad gets older and older. Yes, you get the Joe McCarthy's and around, but it's still, it's not a young side. Even the likes of Bandiaki, they aren't spring chickens. So um, that's, mm. um, I was just looking in the future, I'm like, the, the, it does feel like Andy Farrell's obviously, the Sexton's gone out and guys like that, where he's sort of trying to find a bridge between bringing the youngsters and keeping experience. But I do worry about their depth below the yeah. guys who are a bit older. That's look at, for me. Is look the, at Hooker. Is the, is the, like Hooker's a big one, but because I mean, Hooker yeah. means Dan I mean, who's and Ron and He's Keller. He's gonna be around is, for a while. Mm. But then it's Kelleher, and then I mean, I know Rob Herring <clears throat> probably still in the mix, but then they're really thin after that, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I followed with Ireland. I was like, man, like they sort like look at fullback, for example. You have Mac Hans. I mean, sorry, Mac Hanson. You have um, oh geez, what is his name? Hugo Keenan. Keenan. Yeah, Hugo Keenan, fantastic. And then you have Frawley. But there's a big gap between a Hugo Keenan and, and, and a Frawley, for example. If they lose James Lowe, I'll worry about them because James Lowe is, is, a, is a key cog to that side. Yeah, he is position, vital. He's vital, 100%. vital. For a winger, he does so much other stuff that what's only been kind of highlighted in the last year is his, his, his exits. But there's so much more that he does. He is massive. Just because... 
one thing I actually forgot about him between like the World Cup and, and the Six Nations was how ridiculously strong he is carrying. He's he's excellent. He's an excellent winger, but he's got a great boot on him and so much more. No, hundred percent. I'm I'm I, I'm such a a big fan. I mean, look, like I look at the Ireland squad. Some of the players here, for example, like Banyaki's thirty three. He must play forever. I like, won't be happy Hensho's, when he retires. Henshaw's thirty. We can go. Gary Rose is twenty nine. Furlong thirty one. Furlong is not thirty one. He's, he's got those one of those South African footballer IDs. He's not thirty one. Cotter <laughs> Murray's thirty four. Jack Conner's thirty one. Ken Healy thirty six. You know Gibson Park thirty two. So it, it is. A, it, they have gotten themselves. It's, it is a bit of an age age squad, and I think obviously that's a bit of experience. So it's gonna be interesting. It's like year two, year th- probably more year three post Lions tour. How they how they manage it, but I mean, like I think the machine is still rolling now. But I just I just, I just sort of thinking big picture with them because I mean the <laughs> shocker you saw the one cruise mode on Saturday. Yeah, you know, forget about hooker, scrum off, scrum off. They're gonna struggle. Gibson Park could go to the World Cup, next World Cup. Murray's not going. Like, I, that is something that I haven't actually realized, but I think they could be struggling at nine. They're going to have to bring some other guys through. Casey is obviously front, um, front first in line. Um, but yeah. But whew, uh, Ireland, yes, cruise control. Just really went through the motions. I'm trying to think now. They were 17-0 up at half time, but they really. It, you felt like they were like 24-0 up. It was, it was, it was, they looked in control, but I thought Wales put in a good shot. A couple of players for me that really stood out for Wales were, um, were Tommy, Tommy Turnover, Aaron Wainwright, and um, the young set fullback, Cam Winnett. He's, um, he's flipping young. I don't even know how old he is. I think he's 21, but my word, he's, he's impressive. I think the, the biggest harder for Wales, I think all tournament long, has probably been their loose trio. I mean, the losers have been yeah. good all the way through, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it's again. I don't. I genuinely don't think Warren. If they end up just beating, I mean, I mean, this, a couple of weeks time, it's, it comes a massive game against for them against Italy. But I genuinely think if Warren Captain leaves the, the Six Nations with one with one win, I don't think he's going to be too too upset because of because of how young the team is. So I think for him, it's just about about performances, and I think. There are lots of positives that they'll take out. Unfortunately, that's going to be that, that that sort of campaign for them. I think they would have wanted to beat. I still I still think they can spoil someone. Like, I still think they could they they, they could do something. And I, and, and I thought if, that England could could be that game. I thought Scotland tried their best to make it that game for for Wales. So, <laughs> but I do. Th- but I, I do think um, there's something there with Wales, and, and 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 it's going to be a Six Nations of it. It, it is going to be hard. But um, like, if you're a side like Wales, Sharky, the last team you're gonna play is is an Irish side that is probably the most well-oiled machine now, probably by the Springboks. Yeah, Ireland after the World Cup, I think I've kind of just said, cool, 2024 is about Grand Slam and being unbeaten for the year. Um, obviously, I think coming to South Africa is going to be the time that they're going to um, bring some youngsters, and then a lot of these sort of questions that we were asking will probably be answered. Um, but yeah, that win leaves Ireland top of the table. They've played 3-1-3, but every game they've got a bonus point. So good solid win for Ireland. Wrapping that up, going on to an absolute crackerjack of a game, um, Scotland-England. Cook's incredible. Scotland won 30-21. You almost feel like 
Uh, England probably didn't deserve the 21 points. It was 17-13 at halftime. Um, England look, looked more, how's my English, more beaten. More beaten than, than that result shows. They, they, Scotland were cooking. They were scoring long-range tries from everywhere. Um, what I want to chat to you about, England started Dan Cole at three to counter Pierce Kuhlman. How do you think that whole scrum battle went? I'm not going to move on from Dan Cole. Oh, you can't say that. The guy's cooking. <laughs> it's just like, for example, like, I, I, the problem with Dan Cole, like, the, the, the certain scrums were, for example, like, he sort of lost his way a little bit. And the scrums were, but, but Shock, it's like, if he doesn't scrum well, then why is he, why, then what, what like, what else is he going to add? Like, there comes a point where it's like, he's not the prophet, he's not the tired heads in England. Yeah, they're going to struggle moving on. He looked tired in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) One thing you can say is he didn't put his name to shame this weekend. He did pretty well. 55 minutes under the belt. England did reasonably well at scrum time. Uh, I thought thought Scotland would have dominated at scrum time, but they didn't. Yeah, I must say, I, I, I did also, a part of me did think they would, they would, they would dominate his scrum. But I mean, the Scotland scrum also, it, it comes and goes, to be honest with you. Like, there are times, there's certain matches, I think there's certain matchups they do, you expect them to dominate and they sort of, and, and, and they don't come to the party as much. But I do think also, like, Scotland's scrum also is very non Northern Hemisphere, where they're actually, they, they're very Southern Hemisphere like, where they're actually using a scrum for a set. Say piece, they just want the ball to come out and so they, so they can draw. So they'll never yeah, actually yeah. sometimes, you know, like put the ball in and walk it and try to excuse a penalty. They're trying to be, get that ball out to their backs. Whereas, like, whereas, you know, most Northern Hemisphere side, especially like England, is if Dan Cole's in or, or Marlon's in, they, they, if their scrum is functioning, they're going to keep that ball in there as long as long as possible. But um, yeah, I mean, in, in, in prison, in Michelle, but I, I do think, like, I do think they lose a lot. Like it's a like I'm, this is what is millennial rugby coming out here where I'm t- asking props not to scrum. Oh, like what it gives you in scrum, <laughs> you, like as as much as it gives you a scrum time, it gives it gives you a lot less from open play. If that makes sense, so you get the benefit yeah. of him at scrum time, but he's a is a disadvantage in open play. Carry, doesn't carry as well, and and defending you worry and that's that's my worry with Dan Cole. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned the backs. The Scottish backs were cooking. I'm. I thought top performers, White, Fanamava, Tupelotu, Jones, Stain, Kinghorn, incredible. Who was yours? Oh, I mean, it's, it's hard to look past <laughs> Duan, actually. <laughs> uh, I specifically didn't as... mention Finn. I can't believe you didn't take the bait. Finn is just, I mean, Finn is just doing Finn stuff. You know, you know like, I'm trying not to jinx it because he plays well. And then I'm like, people are like, oh, Cooks is... I mean, I mean, Finn's been the, um, probably the best team in the competition, but, you know, that's all I want to say. I mean, but he's, he's been fantastic as well. He's above top performer. He, he's, he's, he's sitting yeah. up there looking down at all the other good guys. The great thing about Finn, and for me, it's, it's not been, the, it's not been the, the cross kicks and the, 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 the wild offloads the offload and things like that. It's the game management. I thought the way you manage the game, and in Scotland manage the game, that the second half, Second off, especially after the Duan tried to get a hat trick, was very good. And I thought Finn's done very, very well in managing games in in, in his first three games. And um, probably besides that crazy twenty minute period against Wales, and then where things were just, were just panicked. And then um, 
and then the France one, which yo, that 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 one's gonna still probably still probably haunts Scotland to this day. But but he has been good. But um, shock. I think what surprised me the most about Scotland. I'm gonna say a word. I don't think I've never said about Scotland since rugby started. The, is that they were clinical. That they didn't have much ball in the first half. They, they created by three chances and then they scored three tries. I mean, Duan's first two trials were basically, you know, one scrum, guys goes to the corner and then knock on and then Oak runs 50 meters and scores. And then they have the interception of the line out, boom, penalty. Then you blink, you're like, holy shit, how, where did the 17 points come from? And you, you're watching yeah. England. Oh, jeez, I think the person who beat England at the moment is just, just give them the ball, let them run at you. Um, yeah. Like, so I think there was something I found very, a big tick for Scotland is how clinical they were. Yeah. They were brilliant. I thought, Duan, obviously, you see, I've got this theory about Scotland. Um, they, they, when they, because they're really good at striking from deep. And I think that that benefits their midfield pairing the best, especially Hugh Jones, just because of the, li- the lines he runs. But my theory is Scotland have, once they make that massive line break, they have to score like soon afterwards. When it gets down, where, where, like if they, the ball gets slowed down and the opposition can reset their defense like five, 10 meters out, I think Scotland struggled a little bit. But that could just honestly be me from me watching um, earlier, this, uh, earlier this competition. But Scotland were incredible. I thought, so when Funamama scored his first try, I was like, that's great. But that second try was absolutely wild. Like he puts his hand up to Fend, and I think it was Ben Earl. And then he realized, I'm actually going to be far enough away. I don't even need to bother. And then he looks over, there's some cover defense coming across, and then he just puts his ears back. It was insane. Just incredibly good to watch. Like the ultimate number 11, like, like a number 11 try, like yes. one chance. Go for the corner. Tuck the, tuck, tuck the ball. The, the funny thing about that Listen, try Listen, I thought he, he stuffed that finish. Did you see that finish? Yeah, me too. He swapped it around and then, and then stepped out to dive. I was like, what? I think I, I genuinely didn't think he I don't think he realized how quick he was because it, yes. I, I thought he he almost felt like he needed to like oh shit there's still one more cover defend I might have to sort of acrobatically yes. get my body out and put the ball in but I was like yeah. he actually realized like he, he, could, he, he could actually almost take the ball around or just slid in the corner as normal I think he's when he looks I was like oh geez that was a bit of a necessary finish a bit of finesse for no reason yes yes Unnecessary is a great word because I also looked at it and then I was like, yes, buddy, you've like dived out. I mean, it's so, it's hard to do that. He's trying to like send his body on the outs, like out of the field of play and place the ball down with his right hand in the corner infield. There's so many things that can go wrong. That last step when you're launching sideways, like some hand or a knee goes down. I thought, agree. I thought it was unnecessary, but he finished it and he scored an absolute screamer. Because you could see like, we watched a slow-mo that, you, you got a glimpse of that last, I think it was Slade, that last defender. Yes, yes. But then, Slade, but then obviously Slade had given up. And Slade's always like, okay, I'm, I'm, and I think Slade both were like, I'm, he's too big. I'm surely he's going to finish. Where in his mind, he's like, okay, crap, I've got to find a way to get this down. But yeah, you are right, Sharky. I mean. It's a great attitude though. Uh, uh, you yeah, see, 100%. that's the thing though. Like we're talking about like unnecessary, but that's a great attitude to have. Like how many times have we seen players get there and they're like, cool, I'm golden. And then they just get smoked or they do something stupid. So yeah. Like it was brilliant. Onto England. Love, um, yo, sorry, not onto England. Okay. Onto Cooks. Wrap it up. I mean, because obviously, you, 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 there's a lot of obviously take. I mean, you know, classic Six Nations, the greatest competition in the world, as it, as they pay to say every five minutes. Yes, you watch said a lot, eh? The greatest Jeepers championship in the world. I'm like, Jeepers, like, can you can you calm down? But like, I'm, 
because they got a lot of stick. I mean, I mean, not a lot of stick, but obviously on Twitter, the the, the story gets put out to in front of me everyone best wing in the world or is is he reaching there? I think in South Africa, Dwayne, Duane Fernandez does get, will always get a, a bit of a certain stick. I don't think he is the best in the world, but I definitely think he is in the conversation. Like, in a, like I can't name, say, four or five other wings ahead of him comfortably. I think he's in the conversation. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so yeah. now that you bring it up, uh, big big chatter. Uh, I saw a couple of groups uh, that I'm on. I had to n- not comment because I would have caused the fight. But the general feeling is that Duane Funamava wouldn't make the Springbok squad. A lot of people are saying that he wouldn't even get a chance. I disagree, but I shouldn't have said that. I wanted to ask you, what what are your thoughts on it? Because, okay, I'll have my say after you. <laughs> I'll ask you a question and then answer it for you. You could have made I mean, because you look at the time you left, obviously. I mean, it is... Like, no, I'm talking about now. The, do you think he makes no. a Springbok squad now? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I agree do. with you. I do. I, I, I think, think, I think 2021, Duan like, doesn't. And I was so happy that no, he was starting on the wings of the Lions. But he's so different from 2021, Duan. He's incredible. And I think he walks into the Springbok squad. But the question is, who do I you think, drop? I think maybe because of the age, you look at someone like Mopimpi. I think they... They are probably the most, the, the, the more like for like sort of replacement, but obviously doing a bit bigger. And defensively, I, I think that he, obviously Scotland defend differently to us, but I think that he could manage our defensive setup. I do think so as well. Hmm. So I think, uh, and I think Bits it, it, unanimously I think agrees like, that he could make the squad. Yeah, I think it does get that, <laughs> that like obviously gets that stick of, um, and they go like, oh no, like, what about, like, I, I, like, it's such a hard one because like, I'm a, I'm a big, I love all our wings. And I do love Duane. And I think he's one of the best finishers in the world. And he proves it all the time. He's a fantastic finish. I mean, all three of those trials are three very well taken trials. Then you get that. Bear, bear in mind that the, the second one. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do think he, sometimes he gets unnecessary but a stick. I mean, he doesn't look, he's, he's, there's no finesse there in his game. It's brutal. It's hard. He's new age Dean Hall. Let's call him that. Yeah, that's a great shot. The only thing that I would like to see more of is with his size and pace is him coming into the line more off the blind, which will probably start coming into the mix. I, I feel, I, I think if he, goes on, if he goes on the Lions tour, which I, I don't see any winger right now that qualifies for the Lions that... Like, I don't see three wingers ahead of him. There may be one, one and a half, you know. So he, I'd like to see him use more of that bulk. But, you know, even if he runs a dummy line, he's, he's going to draw defenders. But, yeah, that was, oh, man. So thanks to, to Jared and Tala for, for agreeing that he, he walks in. So, I mean, it's a un, unanimous decision. <laughs> eh, we, we, unanimous. Yeah, we, 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 have, uh, we have that power. Right, onto the, onto England, but specifically the backs. I thought Henry Slade wasn't in the mix on the weekend. Interestingly enough, the George Furbank decision at fifteen was was seemed to have worked in a way. But my biggest issue with what happened on Saturday um, was how the lack of Ollie Lawrence. Um, I really, 
I really thought that that's what England needed, and I don't know why they didn't use him enough. What, like, what happened there? What, what is the issue with the back? Shaki, I think England are caught in between two game plans in the back mm, line. The players, they're like, it, it seems disjointed. You have Danny Kerr, who's best at running the, run, just running the game and is running scrum off, and especially when the game is loose. You have ten, Ford, who feels like the only time he can be attacking is when he plays for, for, for sale. And uh, I don't know what happened to the form he had sort of last year. Oli Lawrence has played his best rugby at 13. Henry Slade is probably works better under next to Moni Tuilagi or against a 12 who is who is more destructive. But unfortunately, Lawrence Holly got in, got in the ball. Then you have Freeman who's new. Then and Freeman's and Freeman, I, I do like Freeman. Then you have Daly who's a bit of a baller. Then you have Furbank who's sort of like an extra playmaker. So there's, I mean, sorry, Freeman's a bit of a bruiser. So there's guys who play different roles, but they're all trying to fit into one game plan. So it's like what? So the background is picked. So like what? What? There's like it felt like with England, there's like five, there's four different playmakers. But then you have like Oli Lawrence in there who doesn't get the ball because they he's not playing the sort of game plan he has. Oh, I, I, I still think Shaka in a twelve. That's that's the biggest problem. Is they don't have an out and out twelve. We said it, and they don't have numbers there, and, and I think that's going to hurt them because you know like Tyler mentioned in our group that England are struggling to get front football. Yeah. And I do think they play a little bit better with, and I think sort of Borthwick sort of wanted to play a game where they're a little bit more free-flowing and a little more tempo, but that needs Marcus Smith at 10 as opposed to, say, a George Ford. But then if you have Marcus Smith, you need your, you need a, a bruiser at 12 to, who can still suck up and still create, who can still get you front, front football. The best teams in the world, you see how Topoludu was fantastic in the first half. Kiss is got in front football. Panyaki does that. Dante refuses to do that this season for some reason. And then um, <laughs> you get, um, like you said, Monacello from it. All, all the best all the teams have are, are sort of in their minds. From, and, and probably the only one that doesn't is probably like Jordi Barrett, cause, but, he's a, but he's still a tall, big, he's a tall, strong, he's still over 100 kgs. So it's like England's the only one, and I just don't know where they're going to find one. I, I'm going to take it a step back because I, I agree with you totally i do however think the foundation being set is probably not ideal and for me you see the thing is is i i'm not anti anti ethan ritz i i i mean i thought he deserved his man of the match on debut i just don't think that ritz underhill and earl are balanced enough and i is no there's no doubt about it i mean i'm a big Chandler Cunningham South fan, I would like to see him start at blindside. They don't have, like, the Courtney Laws, that's, Laws was filling that, that role. He was carrying hard. He was doing well. I just, I just don't think they've got it set up there properly. Um, I thought Mario Toji was pretty decent on the weekend, but he was almost man alone, like, with, with, with the back three. I can't believe Sam Underhill's still playing. I, I had... <laughs> It's ridiculous. That guy's had so many concussions and had so many sit-downs because of it. And, I mean, he ripped it up. He, he had a brilliant game. But, yeah, I, I think they need a bigger, a bigger guy at blindside. Like, is it George Martin? Possibly. Chandler Cunningham South also shot. They were both of them on the bench. Either one of them could probably fit in, could fit in at lock if need be. Um, George Martin probably more. But I, I think we'll see some changes. And I agree totally, Ben, that whole... 
um, Danny K starting over Ben Spencer, that to me was like, this is the order of how things are going. So the next cab in the rank is Danny K. Ben Spencer, this whole season for Bath, has been, has been that guy that has been guiding and doing everything. So that would have taken a massive load off George Ford and would have helped set things up. And I don't have an issue with Danny K starting. I just think that Ben Spencer was a better shot to start. And Danny K could have come on at halftime if you needed, but Spencer's probably the be- better shot to start. And yeah, Marcus Smith should be fit for Ireland, but it's, there's a lot of questions around England and what's happening. And it's cool. Struggling. They're struggling at the moment. And I think they could be doing better. Yeah, I think you are right, Chucky. They, they, they are struggling at the moment. I mean, I mean listen, they are still, they've only lost one game. Um, they could go in. But I, I don't think, it's, it's the weirdest thing now is like, at least in the World Cup, for example, I felt like they had the set piece and defense and like kicking structure to play a defensive game and sort of a tournament-based game and, and, and got them to the semifinal and were five minutes away from, from getting to a final. Whereas now I think they can't re- resort back to that because I don't think they have the pack, the same similar pack and the same, the ball carrying that there. And it's maybe you bring back Martin and you, so I think someone like Martin and Chandler Cullen-Smith, it could make a massive difference because I think against Ireland, they will have to have a little bit more grunt. I don't think they can try and do the, the sort of tempo-ish game they looked at trying to do in the possession-based game. They looked at doing it in Scotland, which I do think it falls in Scotland's hand. But again, like, sometimes you watch them, like, you know, I mean, the more possession in the weekend, more territory against Scotland. But you're like, I don't know what they're trying to do with this, with this ball. Like, I don't know what their general attack structure is. Are they... Are they bruising sort of team or they're just like, we're going to, because they kept trying to force things like without getting any momentum. And then you're like, okay, cool. Then I'll try to swing on a wild and create something or, so I don't know. I, I do feel like they're like in between game plans, but uh, yeah, I, do, I think the pack problem is easy to solve if, if, if you're getting like someone George Martin comes back and things like that. But the pack line is going to be a hard one. I mean, that's because I don't think even if Farrell comes back in, in June, I don't think you can go back to Farrell at 12 again. I mean, now you're just going back to square one. So, no, you can't. So that's, that's the like, big problem. Unless there's an issue in-game. Unless there's an issue yeah. in-game. Unless you're just telling Oli Roy, I mean, like, I'm like, not doing this whole too laggy thing again. Like, how, how many years are we doing this for, Sharky? Like, he comes in, we can be static, but we know he's going to play five tests, gets injured, something happens. It's just like the ever-going circle with him. So unless they can get to Roy to get in a time machine and go back to being 22, He's the best option in that position. He's always been, but he, he, unfortunately, he can't stay fit for the entire season. So this is what happened. Okay. Let's talk about one of England's big shining lights. Emmanuel Feyweboso. What? what I, I think he's a breath of fresh air for England. Like what you're saying with, I think England... Under Eddie Jones, they always talk about how like regimented everything was and how it was like, do this, do this, do this. Where Borthwick is he maybe trying to give some more freedom and England are kind of stuck in between. I don't know. But Faye were both so brilliant. Uh, it was just so great seeing him. Like he wanted to do some things that kind of looked like he went off kind of script a little bit, you know, and just saw an opportunity and took it for his try. But I, I think he's going to have... It's going to be interesting to see how things move forward for him in the future. Obviously, he wants to stay um, in England because he's starting to be a doctor. You know, like what's going to take preference when he, when he 
when he um, graduates and all that sort of stuff. I quite like him. I, I would love to see him uh, actually in the midfield. Um, I think there could be a good opportunity for him for him there. But he's probably almost certainly going to be in in the squad moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like him too. I think um, he's, yes, he's, he's very exciting as well. Like you want to see him on the ball, the line he picked to score that try. I mean, he's, yeah, I, I like him as well. Like you asked, he, he, he brings a, a proper vibe and exuberance that from the England sort of lack and sometimes because they just feel so rigid and they just feel like they've got like, oh, like, I don't know, like they're just, oh, they're just hard to watch at times. But like he's like I, I, half the time you, you actually care on watching the England game to see him come on. But um yeah, I like the shot of him maybe moving to midfield one day. But um, he gives me like a, he looks like a, almost like a bigger version of Anthony Watson. Um, yes. And it's like, like a but bigger, a bit more explosive. He's just bulky. Yeah. Yeah. Bulky and yeah. a bit more explosive. And it's sort of like, yeah, which is, people don't, people think it's like, because Anthony Watson for me was one of fantastic, fantastic England for England. Man. For England. Oh, stand um, in line, bro. Stand in line. I, I'm, I'm first when it comes to the Anthony Watson fan club. <laughs> um, so I do think that's going to be yeah I mean he's a good player I mean so I mean I'm glad that you got there hopefully I'd love to see them be brave and give him a start this uh, weekend I mean I, I, don't, I don't think oh, they have anything to lose against, drop, against, against Ireland uh, you're going to have to drop Elliot Daly because he's a left wing eh? if I'm not mistaken yeah, I can't I oh, he's, a right wing. he's a right wing so Freeman yeah, and, well, Freeman, Freeman and, oh. they, they almost they're a little bit like for like to play with a bruiser yeah what do they have to lose? As long as they don't play um, Freddie Stewart in the wing this weekend, I'm going to be annoyed again because like, they could do that. I mean, just put Freddie okay, Stewart so at 15. It's Ireland, eh? It's Ireland in Dublin. I, I could be wrong on the venue, but that's, that's, what's, that's what's happening. And it's not this weekend. It's the 9th of March. So they've got some time to... to oh, I lied. I took him. So... This changes things. Do you, do you think England have enough in them to build themselves up for one game and beat Ireland? I, I personally think they do. I think there's enough talent there that they could do it. But Ireland are so... They're such a machine at the moment. No, I think for England, I think France is the game. Okay, so they're going to build a little bit more against Ireland and then you think they're going to strike against France. So I, my, mm. my biggest worry for England against Ireland is... Is is the is is, the, is the defensive system that obviously they're putting into place now? Ireland's <laughs> not the sort of side you want to be playing when you're still trying to figure out a defensive system because they could they could properly rip you to shreds. And and let's be honest here, Ireland know that defensive system well because they're prepared for the Springboks. 100%. So you're right; they're going to know where the weakness is. To be and fair, no, no, England physical. I thought were a little bit better defensively. I thought they were a little bit more in tune. Should I say they still got a few wrong? Yeah, no, hundred percent. You get there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I, I do think it will get there. I think, like you said, if you look at that, you look at the, um, you look at the, the trial that Duan's first trial that two two bloody go through again. That's the problem. The rush defense with England at the moment is they're not making their first timers. That's hurting them. Yeah. So you so, so just to like kind of fully run in that rush guy when he goes up, he has to. He has to cause the ball carrier. He either has to stop him or he has to cause the ball carrier to change direction or slow down in some way. And that's the only way the sort of backup defense is going to be able to wrap uh, and fold around enough. And they're not doing it, as you say. Like, they're kind of giving everyone a free reign at full tilt all the way through the line. So you're going to be in shit. 
Now you, it's now you and now you're still trying to fi- trying to find out a scramble, which comes with time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like uh, until then, you are basically allowing. If you make that hit, you are in grave, grave danger. Because it's a, it's still risky. Like the people still get cut up, often now. Yeah, and uh, like, but especially the scramble the is incredible. But there's, the scramble is incredible. There's still times. I mean, there's, I mean, that's been the boxes. Trait now is they've got their scramble to defend to a level that is incredible where how quickly they go from being considering a line break into actually getting themselves in a position of power is amazing. Whereas with England, that will take time. And I, and I just think also what is hurting England's effect is they just don't have that physicality, especially with the box. Yes, they've got that incredible rush defense, but I also think there's no better team at disrupting rucks in the spring box. So yes, you can get the momentum, but then you have fucking Sia Khaleesi coming in and just Messing up your rack ball. Faf is being a menace. Eben comes. So we're good at, we're good at, we want we to steal out of the ball, but we're good at disrupting rucks and slowing down players. England have still got to get to that phase. They may have better fetches in the Ben Earl, for example, or Sergei Ruotsu. But like, I think they need a George Martin. They need someone like Chana Smith who can actually hit opposition rucks and just allow the opposition to buy that rush defense a little bit more time. Because I think, unfortunately, times now is. When they do rush, and the team still got front for ball, it gives them space like that. Like Finn sees it, boom, puts put it over. This puts it over, or you can slip someone like Tulo Pulo. You slip someone through in a short gap. Guy runs, runs fifty meters. So they, those are those are teething problems that come with rush defense. It's fortunately it's one of those things where it gets better. It gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll stop flogging a dead horse for the time being. I think we can move off. Uh of the brilliant Scotland performance, especially the backs. Now we can move on to probably one of the most controversial moments of the weekend, uh, France versus Italy. Cooks, it's just, what? Oh, Italy, Italy got smelt a bit of blood in the water. They picked it up and they just kept putting pressure on France. My question is, is Fabien Galtier in trouble of, of losing his job? Um, like the Six Nations, if it doesn't go well for them. Um, the other thing is they've lost... Um, Matthew Jalebe, he's out for six weeks. Um, where did it go wrong? Was was it shitty France or brilliant Italy or a mixture of the both? Yeah, I think France has been... The best way I can describe it for us African viewers is France, for me, are in the Springboks 2006 year. Where it's just like... I just don't think they're the races at the moment. I think obviously the England game, they're the Ireland game. I think they've had a few injuries and things like that. And, and, and we still got into the Ireland game, for example, saying, yes, there are, there are a few injuries, but they should still be fine. They could still find a way at home. Now they've lost Charlie Bear. I think, um, and the talks of Romans playing at 10 and not getting someone like a Hastoy in or a... So I do think is it was, uh, I think it was a lot... I mean, Italy were fantastic, but I do think it was more shitty France. I mean, I still thought as shitty as France were, they would still find a way to close the game and not, and not, and not, and not give... Because they kept giving Italy a sniff and a sniff, and I thought, geez, Italy, come on, take a chance. Take a chance eventually. Take a chance. And eventually I was like, oh, you know what? There's going to be those classic France-Italy games where, you know what? Italy, they, they're in there, and in the last five minutes, France finds a trial too, and they go. But Italy, to their credit, did not go away the whole time. They almost got stronger and stronger as the game went in. And I don't know if maybe France, like, I, I, know, I don't know, I don't know, South African fans are saying that we maybe broke them. I think 
I, I don't think they got the scars from there, but I, I do think they are missing Ntamak. They're missing Dupont. Not necessarily in terms of their brilliance of play, just in controlling games. I don't think France has controlled a game at all, the Six Nations. No, look at look back at Scotland. I mean, you say like France find a way, but like find a way against Scotland. Um, and uh, they kind of found a way against Italy. This has been a very poor Six Nations for them. Very, very poor. But I don't... I wouldn't fire Galtier, to be honest with you. Um, I still would keep him um, until... Unless... I mean, like, I think it's okay. Let's, let's, play, okay, let's, let's put our black hats on you yeah, and a Grim Reaper spears on you. Yeah. If you fire Galtier, who, who are you getting? Oh, shit, bro. No idea. No idea. I don't know. It could be a little bit of a merry-go-round in France if that does happen, though. That He's going to stay in rugby, so there's going to be musical chairs of some seriousness happening. But I, I, I think that there's a little bit of pressure there. I don't think he goes this year. Um, I think if this carries on for the rest of the year and the next Six Nations, there's going to be trouble. But he's done enough over the last shit, I can't even remember when it was, four plus years, he's done enough and created enough within there to sort it out. And, you know, you can point at something like move, uh, moving, like losing Antoine Dupont um, for the year, um, Intermuck injured, um, you know, injuries here and there and all sorts of stuff, like props wanting to leave, retire, and where he just said flat out no. So, you know, has maybe he's done enough to say, listen, we need to rebuild. Like, obviously, he didn't expect it to be this bad. So close to a World Cup that they were, in reality, like contenders to win it. I think they were favorites for the World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, that wasn't so long ago. So there's a lot happening there. And they ran into an Italian side that knew... You see the thing about Italy, which I loved. You said, to, you said now, Cooks, that they didn't go away. They mentally are in that place where they're like, cool, we didn't get this chance. And there's three minutes to go. We got to get another one where we haven't seen that from them in, in a long, long time. And they're making changes and doing stuff. I mean, like Ross Vincent Saffers abroad, hashtag, he was brilliant, brilliant on the day. And so was Michele Lamaro. Like they like balanced it out really, really well. I thought the, a couple of lads stepped up and like they had a big game in them and they all put it together at the same time. And, they just kept going and going and going. Um, so brilliant. Just brilliant, man. Yeah, no, 100%. I thought they were amazing. And I mean, I loved, like, ugh. and it's such a great try they scored as well. And, um, and, I, and I think with France, the shot What a team, try. Can we talk yeah, about that, that try? Ab- absolute ripper. Yeah, Look, that was. That was build up. That was build up. That was plan. It was, it looked to you, looked to me, like there was like, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do to pull these guys here. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do that. And then we're going to score. Like, that's what that trial looked like to me. And the thing is like, it's, it's what I love the most. I think what I love the most about it is to put it, that I try to get there at that time where I think with Italy, obviously that's the, that's the thing it's, I've loved is obviously it's the evolution of their game is that they do throw the ball around a little bit more. They don't just um, obviously stick to that old school, boring Portuguese rugby used to watch. Now they do actually give the ball some air and, and against a good French defense as well. I'm sure Ed was probably, it's going to be a tough meeting for those boys, but, but Shocky, I want to say back to Galtier quickly before you talk about the most controversial non-call in a long time. 
I think if I'm if I'm France, unless I've got someone, there is a clear, clear, clear candidate, not named Eddie Jones, who is they know this guy is the best coach available at the moment and can come in straight away. Then maybe you can sack him up. Maybe, like, like I don't think they'll go for like Ron O'Gara or something like that. But like I think of because they want maybe they do. But like you said, I agree with. I think Galt has bought himself at least until the next Six Nations. Yes, I'm with like you. Like at least until he can sit there and be like, "Okay, guys, there's been a few changes. Can I also just get back my best players as well?" Like I hate this case of you know someone who go like, "Yeah, but this team is like." Um, or to pond, like, look at him, they're real meek. Like, yeah, they've lost the best fucking player in the world. You, it's like, there's certain times they're like, yeah, the other players have death, but there's certain remote players we be like, well, I don't want to lose certain players because if, 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 let's say, like, say, Pollard is out, CS out, you know, I, I, I do worry. Like, you know what I mean? If Eben's out, like, the, 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 and, the, and, the, and France have unfortunately been ravaged injured. So I think, and also one of their injuries is the best player in the world. So I do think. Gautier has at least bought himself that that year until until next year. I, I, I don't think it would be as worse. I think I don't think it can get any any worse than this. Um, but shocky. That we can't go to I'm the final. We can't we we can't go to that yet. You have missed a very very important part of the game, and that's when you got a red card. And we need to talk about that. We need to talk about Dante at twelve and what's happening because he's not vibing this year. Yeah, it's shocking, you know, for me, like I said, I explained this in a part of my form has been poor. I can't even, I can't even hide against it anymore. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's just a lot happening, you know. It's hot here in Joburg and flying all the way to France, changing conditions, snow. Oh, and it's just been, it's just been, it's been tough, shocking. But I agree with you, Shock. Yo, don't, I don't, yo, it's, he has not been good at all. And, but and, how do you and go and, from and, the World and, Cup and, into this form? It, like, it feels like Weird. it's gotten worse and worse. And this is almost the culmination of a beginning of the record. And maybe actually that break will do him good. Maybe just, just yeah. get away from the side from a bit and just go, if you serve a suspension. Because, I mean, was, I mean, like, it's unlike him because it's, it's like the form he has in the World Cup and the, and the play he was at the end of 23. And now... He came back at the start of 24, you know, full hour. Like, you didn't say he was playing terribly, but then I don't know what has happened. What has happened um, since his nation started? It's, it's, like you said, he's gone. It's, it's almost like the representative of the French form. Saw him against, mm. against Ireland, like, ooh, interesting. That's the one always best. Saw, him, saw the Scotland game, like, oh, not great, but okay. then it's like the draw against Italy. Don't you call you like, oh yeah, now she's really hit the fan yet. This is actually a mm. crisis. Mm. You see, the thing is, is I don't, France are a good team, a good squad. They've got great players. I, everyone's pointing at Antoine Dupont and just saying he's the reason why. Like, granted, I do know that they have other injuries, but I don't believe France are so fragile as a squad that they cannot this kind of stuff together with, without Tony. Um, like, that's the thing. That, like, is, is he bringing that much more to the vibes? Is he bringing that much more to training? Like, how does it work? Because if you reel off those names, like Jalibert, Dante, um, Bill Barry, um, like Damien Penault, Olivon, Cross, um, Aldrich, like, seriously, 
they've like it's crazy. They've got they've got what it takes without even with losing someone like Antoine Dupont. You've just got to change your game plan. You've got to like that's what I don't understand. That's what frustrates me the most about this French side. Um, so fair enough. They've lost Dupont and Intermark, and they're a massive. I mean, they probably manage everything, but they could really be doing better. I feel. Right, moan, done, and aside, there is something else that you want to talk about. And I have a funny feeling, Cook said, we're probably not going to agree on this. Oh, Shocky, what is your take? No, no, I want to hear you first. Shocky, I mean, one, I do think it was a little bit of a robbery against Italy because you can't charge down a penalty. And they did it twice. So the actual rule is it's got to be because you've got to keep your arms on your, your, arms on your side. Uh, and so the actual reason is the penalty moves 10, 10 meters forward and then it restarts the timer. And then Garbiza slots in the middle. I mean, if it, but you'd expect him to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think that's the big one. I think obviously I'm still trying to figure out who, how, the, how the T falls in the indoor stadium. But I mean, <laughs> yes, there was a problem. And all that. I mean, the, the, I think he actually, the fact, the impressive achievement from Garbiza, the fact he's managed to hit the ball. From quickly to reset and all that, but um, couldn't believe it. Yeah, but shocking. It, it, it had to at least be retaken. What, what's okay. your take? Okay, so my take, I agree totally with what you're saying. Every time they charged down, though, he didn't kick it, and when he did kick it, they didn't charge him down. So that's that's my take on it. Like I 100% believe that those charge downs and them rushing him, and with the clock rushing him. And with the stakes of what that kick meant, put undue pressure on him. And I do believe that. But does when someone charges down a kick and they have to retake the kick, is that a, you can charge down like you know what I mean? He didn't take the kick when they charged it down. So that's why I feel that it wasn't um that it went that it was fine. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Is, is it not though? I, I hear you, but I, I I don't think you can move regardless, though. No, I don't think so. Not, but because it, he didn't kick it, does that take that away? You know what I mean? Because my yeah, I don't I don't think it does. Because my thing is like, if it falls, you still have time to put it back on. They can't rush yes. it. They're still gonna stand still. So the moment yeah, but, they move, yeah, the moment they move, it, it becomes a penalty because they they still have to stand still. Because he didn't kick it, does that not change things? Sorry, just quickly, I did see someone on, on, on Twitter or somewhere say that because the ball fell down, the time needs to be reset. That's not correct, by the way. Just no, heads up. Okay, yeah. But do you think him not kicking it forced the referee into not making a decision? I do think so. It's, because they all said there with their arms out saying, ref, look, they're charging down. But did, did the French get a get-out-of-jail-free card because... Um, he didn't kick. Like, it's, oh, I don't know. I, I think he should have been able to retake it, but I, I don't think the ref was necessarily wrong. I think it, 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 it is, I think what does, because my thing is the fact they moved, the, the, the French players moved, and, and a few, and those clips yes. also you can see the guys moving. That's unfortunately, that's a retake. It's a penalty. I, I mean, and I've seen a few chats about people asking whether there should be, um, you should be allowed to charge a penalty. I don't think so. It's an it's an infringement. A, a prop a, a pill tries happy to charge on it. 
but a penalty is you in the wrong standstill. I'm like, I'm still in the camp, but I, I, I still, this is a separate issue. I have like, I just think like, <laughs> why, like why the boys be straight in a scrum, in the line out in a scrum? It doesn't make sense to me. You kick the ball out. I can, I can throw the ball. Why not throw the ball in my 10? Don't kick the ball out then. Or don't, what do you call it? Or don't flip and run or, or don't, or don't get tackled out. Um, but sorry, that's an issue for another day. Um, <laughs> but like, it's it's okay, Cooks. We've got another forty five minutes. Sit on the couch. Let's like just tell us how you feel about it. No, but again, I think I think that's the heart of Italy is the fact that like the, it was an infringement. They did move in a penalty. Unfortunately, until sixty six happens, you can't move. Whether yeah. he kicks it or not, and I think that's where I think the referee probably probably was like the fact he didn't kick it. And I agree with you, Shark. I think that's one like well, if he kicks in, and I think the time goes. Because it is a crazy call, as well. There's a lot going on there. And it's, it's, it's also one of those ones oh, with unprecedented. It's chaos, eh? So much happening. So, and it's like, as a ref, I mean, look at me. Someone was, someone was watching Bench Warmers. Was it, was it not Bench Warmers? What's the ref's documentary called again? Um, oh, shit. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Whistleblowers. So, someone's watched Ruben Whistleblowers. Now I'm like, I'm sympathizing with them, shocking much. I've changed leaf. Like, they are human, too. Sometimes they, <laughs> they, you can get caught up in a situation where you're like, shit, what the hell is like, going on here? It's everyone foul, gets flustered. There's, I'm, there's six seconds. There's ten seconds left. He's gonna put on. I gotta make sure it's time. This guy's rushing. So there's, there's a lot going on at that time, and and, and I think with the 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 charge on thing probably. And I mean, sorry, the charge. And I, forgot, I think in hindsight it comes in. We have we have the luxury of hindsight, obviously, and yeah. replays. But block not home, sixty man. seconds it's, of chaos in France. Sixty. But the rule, the, the time was not the issue, as we tweeted all weekend long. The what? The rules in the issue was it the time the people were saying they must get away the, get get rid of the shot clock. I'm like, no, that's, that's not the issue here. No, it's not the issue. Um, but yeah, very very interesting. It's like I look at that and I'm like, the what the French team did and the pressure of everything put Gobisi off. I, I really feel feel that way. He was definitely rushed. He was rushed because of the shot clock. He was rushed because the the French side were rushing him. He was rushed because the ball fell off the tee inside a stadium. Like, oh man, it's chaos. Absolute I do think chaos. there must, I, I do think the way in the shots, the shot clock starts must be adjusted. Yes. I, so that's my, if that's I'm not mistaken, the law is when the tee comes onto the field, the shot clock starts. So when you tell I, the referee you are going to kick or when the kicking tee comes onto the field, which means you are showing that you are going to kick, the shot clock starts. But again, like it's, but for me, like I think you start when the tea gets on. We, we, when you get the tea in your hand, start the shot clock then. Because sometimes, like you chatting is not going on, going for poles. No, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, what I, I think, what I think is, I personally feel the referee needs to look at the player and say the shot clock has started. Yes, I, I think that will manage a lot of hassles, um, because we're finding a lot of times. Like things happen and people either are not seeing the shot clock or the like you know what I mean? Like you look up even for us as fans, we're watching on TV and all of a sudden 30 seconds are gone. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a second, what's going on yet? So like we're still, I, we're still, we're still celebrating that the trial. Yes, I think that that I think a lot could be fixed by the referee saying the shot clock is on or it has started. Yeah. Like to the kicker, like so he knows he's got 60 seconds from then. I, I think that will manage a lot of hassles. I not agree that, with that. I like not, that. Not, not that that would have changed the chaos from the weekend. No. But Italy and France draw. Um, France, 
uh, led 10-3 at halftime. Dante was sent off on the stroke of halftime. Um, and then, yeah, what, a, what an incredible game of rugby afterwards. Um, oh, I, feel, I think also we feel, we feel for Italy because of that moment it would have been, you know, um, France beating France in France. But big shout out to the Italian rugby sides the men's sides because the under 20 side beat France on Friday and the men's senior side drew with France on Sunday. So incredible weekend for, for, for Italian rugby. And then the, and then the captain of the under 20, 20 side starts singing No Sandora. I was singing some opera yes. straight after that. So at least he's yeah. got, at least he's got another job. No, hundred percent. He's got, he's got <laughs> life after rugby sorted out. Um, but yeah, good week, good weekend for Italy. Um, again, all they can do now from here is uh, try and kick on, but uh, fantastic weekend for them. But in general, shock even as you, before you took your seats, it was, it was a good weekend of rugby. Good Six Nations is um, is firmly balanced. I mean, I, I just wanted to be all set up for Scotland in that lot. Because I think Scotland played Ireland last, eh? The last yeah. weekend. Yeah. That's all I wanted. So, and, and, just, and win, 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 win the tournament. That's yeah, so we've got a, week, got a week's break. And then they've got the final two rounds. So next round is Italy-Scotland, which should be fun in Italy, uh, England, Ireland, Wales, France. And then the final round is Wales, Italy, Ireland, Scotland, France, England. So, sure. Do you think, um, do you, do you think um, Scotland, Scottish and also England for their mates for a favour? Like, come on, just get a draw against, against Ireland. Do something. Or, or Italy get two wins at the end of the tournament against Scotland and <laughs> Wales. I mean, it could go either way. <laughs> no, you see, no, um, I've been doing well being... <laughs> Cautiously optimistic about Scotland uh, because Scotland could go lose to Italy and then yes. halt all, all this conversation. You see, Scotland could, nation. Like they could finish Scotland, fourth or they could win the Six Nations. <laughs> yeah, as Scotland signed up, they could lose to Italy or they could beat Italy and beat Ireland and win the Six Nations. That's them in a nutshell. Oh, imagine they draw to Ireland and then Ireland still win it. Oh, oh. man. I think the big thing for Ireland is they've obviously got 15 points, so that those three bonus points are huge. Um, yeah, huge. So, so yeah, but we're in for an interesting two rounds. We do have a, a break this week in terms of um, international competitions. Take a little bit. Well, the Six Nations takes a it takes a back seat, and the URC is back. Cooks, we got a we could go through a lot, but I think South Africans are only really focused on one thing, and that's you know Ringo apologizes, not Lion Sharks, but it's the big one. Bulls, who are third on the log, against Stormers, who are sixth on the log, at Loftus. Shame. Let's give, let's give Ringo some love. It is Origin Weekend again. And the guys did, Ringo, they did listen to Ringo's marketing pleas and campaigns and managed to get on to, to Ellis Park. But, um, yes, Bulls Stormers is massive. What, seven straight wins for the Stormers now? Um, oh, wow. So, I did not know that. No, it's massive. I think last time I checked... There was yesterday. They said there's thirty thousand tickets sold. I think there's more. It's it's good. They're hoping to get to about forty two thousand. It's gonna be. I know oh, there's be, thirty. Yeah, there's plenty sold already. And it's, I'm sure. I think, I think. And I think. Um, the Bulls have got the the box back. I mean, they played the the box. They played a lot against the Lions. Moody played. Yes, Orange played. Moody Moody's playing. I know that he's back in training. Yeah, he, so who's I gonna mean, be back for the Stormers? They, I mean, they've they got their boys back, don't they? Yeah, I think I think, I think the Stormers uh, box get back this week as well. So I mean, I mean, Williams is back. Ma, no, that's Marnie. That's um. Oh, oh. I'm actually keen to see if Franz Mahal will be back. He hasn't Oof. played since the World Cup. 
That's true. John Farrell should be back. Paying, I haven't even been paying attention to that. Um, yeah, so but they should come back. It would be the right thing to do. Like, let's be honest. This is the perfect game to get to bring them back. Obviously, me that they had the they had the bye last week, um, and then you sort of bring them back at this time. I mean, give the fans, give the fans what let we the want. Boys play. Yeah, let the boys play. I mean, we're looking at forty five thousand people, close to fifty people thousand people at um, Loftus, not north south, the two best exercise of the country. And I do think whoever wins this game probably wins the. Um, SA Shield again, which is massive. Huge. I, I'm going to put an early shout out. I, I, I think the Bulls take this. Even Bulls? I think so. I, I just look, I look at, I look at like Lowe and Anacom and Papier and I look at them and I'm just like, they're, they're all in great form. Um, I, I just think they're going to have a little bit too much for the Stormers. Uh-huh. I'm going Stormers. Oof, hello. I, I, I think I think they're coming up here and they're gonna, and they're going to get the win. I think the Stormers or they find a way to win rugby game. Sharky, that's and especially true. Especially yes, yes. They find they find a way, they find ways to win rugby games, and they are playing well. I mean, I mean, like again, they beat they beat the Sharks almost basically at full strength when they were at full strength in that, and they were B slash C side. So I think now back at full tilt, they rise to the occasion. It's going to be an absolute humdinger. Let me even check the weather. I'm going to the game. I'm actually, I'm actually going to the game. I think um, I mean, Saturday it's hot in Joburg, so it'll be, it'll be hot. The game's at five. Hopefully the lightning stays away. They'll be on lightning. Let's just, just let the boys play. I, and, I, and I do think the big dip with the box coming back, the Stormers pack is, will can hold onto their bulls on store and then become the show for the back. And I think that's, for me, is the key difference is the Bulls got a fantastic pack, but I do think that the Stormers can contain it, but then the Stormers' backs, that's, that, that, that becomes the big difference. You know I mean? Yes, I mean, in Bulls' backs are no slouch, are no slouch as well when you, have, when you have a loose back three of Vili, Moody, and um, Kirtley, and then you have Lachans. But I mean, I do think the Stormers' backs, I mean, I mean Marnie and all those guys, I mean, they've been together for so long, Willemsa, so I think that's that's what I'm editing it to. Okay. We just had a quick look at some stats. So yeah, they've actually the the URC website is set up quite nicely. Um, on attack, the Bulls are ranked number one in the tournament, and the Stormers are ranked number three with Glasgow Warriors in the middle. So the Bulls have scored 47 tries this season, and the Stormers have only scored 29, which is like wild. That that's a huge. That's almost double. It's crazy. Um, but then after that, it's Kind of interesting. Defenders beaten Bulls 205 and Stormers 198. Other than that, the Stormers are leading uh, clean breaks and offloads. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Um, but as attack goes, the Bulls are the, Bulls are the ones to, to keep an eye out for. 100%. So they, they are cooking on attack. But um, Oh, my word. Gonna... I'm sorry. I've just looked at the defense. The Bulls are lying 10th and the Stormers are lying 11th. So right, we're in for a lot of tries. Enjoy. <laughs> no, it's, going be, it's going to be great. And what about um, Lions Sharks? Who do you got there? It's a, it's a tough one to pick, actually. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard not to look past the Lions. Um, but will the Sharks be better prepared after losing to the Lions at the Shark Tank? I don't know. I, I, would, I think the Lions are going to win that. Um, 
Yeah, sheesh, that's a hard one. Ringo, that's for you. Lions by 10. No, by 7. By 7. This is all hot. This is hope. Hot. <laughs> come just, back, my man. Like, just surely, like, it's got to come. They've got to put it together. They've got to close out the rugby game. They've got to just, you know, put together an 80-minute performance. Sharky, it's not the fact that Sharks are losing by like 30 to 40 points. It's we just throw games away. That's, the, that's what hurts the most. If you shit, like I'd rather just be like, you know, like my football club, Chelsea, we, we just, we're horrific. I can, I can see it. But like the Sharks, we just get ourselves back into games. You play well, then, then we just throw it away. We lead by 15 okay. points. And then, but this time on, I on think defense. we're actually going to close the game. We're going to close the game out. The Sharks have missed, are ranked 16th for tackles missed, 13th for turnovers won, and they're ranked no, first for turnovers lost. <laughs> yeah, defensively, we've been, we've, 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 we've been, we, we haven't been, we have, we've been nowhere. And, and I feel like yeah. all those tackles that you miss come in the last like 10 minutes when you, when you try and actually close a game. Yeah. Lions leading the stats for kicking. Sharks are. 12th discipline the lines are first for yellow cards <laughs> this is quite nice go have a look at the unitedrugby.com it's the urc website and their stats setup is quite nice you can go have a look sorry i'll bore you with this while i'm looking at something trying to explain it to you so my apologies <laughs> cooks you're going with sharks sharks okay i've got lines but secretly hoping for the sharks to win don't tell ringo and then I'm going Bulls, you're going Stormers. So yeah, is it, Storm, I didn't yeah. realize it was Origin Weekend again. That's pretty awesome. I quite like it. There was yeah. a, a lot of hype and a lot of vibe around it um, in the last round, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So looking forward to it. So the URC is back this weekend. Cooks, any parting thoughts? No, just um, URC, more sevens again this weekend, like another blockbuster rugby weekend, and hopefully people go down to the stadiums like they did for Absolutely. the last Origin Weekend. Yeah, that's the... That's my parting What's shot. Happening? It was great to see people at the stadiums. Um, Ellis Park, Loftus. I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, I'm really looking forward to being at Loftus this weekend. Um, but um, if you see me in a wearing a Stormers jersey, please mind your own business. It's for work. Um, <laughs> it's for work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys see the inverted commas when he said it's for work? Well, last time I did a work thing for the Bulls and Stormers, they gave me a Bulls jersey and I, got, I was wearing it in Cape Town. So now, now I wear a Stormers jersey in Pretoria. Jeez, did someone tried to kill me in the office. Did someone, no, sure. did someone tried to take me out. Someone's trying their yes. time to be like, listen, we, we want Cooks to be part of, we want Cooks to be taken out of the stadium. So we're just going to, like, we're just making wear different type of jerseys. But now, like, my. my... No, I'm with you. I'm, I, I agree. I think there's someone after you. It's like, what's, what's, what's next? You're going to make me wear a flipping. Um, England rugby jersey or an England rugby jersey when they come to the South Africa next time. Like, there you go, cook. That's what you're going to wear in bloom. Yo, not good. Yes. And from me, I, I'm with you. I think sevens, I'm really pumped to see the lads get on. It's in LA, so it's really crappy times. But um, more importantly, looking forward to URC this weekend. It's going to be an absolute cracker. That's going to wrap up uh, this week's episode of the Rugby Bits podcast. Cooks, thank you very much, my man. I hope you have an incredible week and. To all the listeners out there, thank you very much. Share the love. We'll catch you later. Cheers, guys.